praise you, Lord, for the beauty of your holiness. You are good. A thousand generations falling down in worship. You sing the song of ages to the Lamb. You are worthy. And all who've gone before us and all who will believe will sing the song of ages to the Lamb. Let's sing this to the Lord. Your name is the highest. Your name is the greatest. Your name, it stands above them all. Yes, it does. All thrones and dominions, all powers and positions. Your name, it stands above them all. And the angels cry. Thank you. 
rehearse those times of goodness that you've seen from the Lord. Speak it back to Him. Yes, Lord, you have been so faithful and kind, so faithful and kind, so good, so good, Lord. I've seen it time and again, your healing power, your provision coming through. Your promises never fail. I've got stories I'll live to tell. So I'll pour out my praise again. You're worthy. God, you're worthy of all of it. So worthy. Church, what a powerful message we just declared together. You say, we, we just finished singing, you're good, you're faithful, and I've witnessed it. You love, you save, you heal, and I've witnessed it. See, those are promises that the Lord our God is making to us as children today that we need to declare and recite and rehearse over our lives in the light before the darkness begins to close in on us. Because we will be tempted to doubt in the darkness what we lived, experienced, encountered with the Lord in the light. But one thing is for certain, one thing is true. That the same God in the mountain is the same God in the valley. That the same God in our good days is the same God in our bad days, amen? God is good, he is faithful. King David, also known as the psalmist, he goes on to write in Psalm 23, verse four. and says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. And although David's life was filled with crisis, his words are not a reflection of his circumstances. Instead, his words are a pure reflection of God's faithfulness in his past, in his present, and in his future. Church, today, we need to remember the power of God, the character of God as we're walking through the valley. Now, I understand that we can get fixated and kind of holding on to that why. I've been there, I've done that. But instead of asking why, why don't we shift our focus and we ask, who is God in this moment? So again, as we sing this next song, we wanna invite you to whatever, whatever you're carrying today, anxiety, fear, you're overwhelmed, whatever it is, lay it down at the feet of God. He is for you, he loves you today, and he is guiding your every step. He's got good plans for us today. So come on, let's continue to worship our God. We sing, the Lord is my shepherd, and he is everything I need, so I will not worry, I will not fear the enemy. He said that he loves me, he said that he's with me even though I walk through the valley of shadow and death and still I know he has good plans. He has good plans for me, so I will take heart in business and guides. He has good plans. He has good plans for me. If I know my Father, I know my Father has. He has good plans. He's a good, good God. 
for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. And hear this promise. I will be found by you. Amen? Let's stand on that promise today. The Lord will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He is here with us. He is dwelling in this place. He is among us even now. Can we give him another praise? Amen, amen, amen. Thank you. So, Father, we just ask you to continue to move in this place. Holy Spirit, release your power in this place this morning. God, we give you our praise. We give you this service, and we thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Good morning, church. Welcome. You guys can have a seat. It is so good to see you guys. Hey, my name is Kurt. I am so glad that you guys have joined us today. If this is your very first visit with us, welcome. I know that this, can, uh, this place can feel kind of big. You can kind of feel a little swallowed up from time to time, but we want you to know that you are welcome here. We are so grateful that you have chosen to join us today, and, and we would love to know that, and so you can actually do a couple of things to let us know that you're here visiting. You can text the word new to the number you're going to see on the screen, or you can stop by the new here kiosk out in our lobby, and we would love to just connect with you and, and just say hello and have a pastor meet with you. We would love to just say hi. For those of you who are not visiting for the very first time, you've been here before, you call Northwood your home. We invite you to take out your phone, open up the Northwoods mobile app, fill out the connection card, and let us know that you're here. Let us know who's visiting with you, and, and it's a great place to get all the information you need about stuff that's going on here at Northwoods. You can check boxes to get more information about specific things. You can fill out a prayer request. We take prayer seriously here at Northwoods, and, and if that's for you and you have a prayer need, we have a prayer team that would love to pray with you. We have a team that's dedicated to pray throughout the week for any of the prayer requests that come in, but I invite you, if that's you and you have a need, to come down front at the end of service, and we have an altar prayer team that would love to pray over that need with you. Well, guys, you know, coming up here at the end of the, the, end of the fast, we know that that means that baptism is right around the corner. In fact, it's in a couple of weeks. And if you've said yes to Jesus and you've not taken that next step, I invite you to consider getting water baptized on February 4th. Go online, register. We'll take care of everything for it, man. We got, we got the clothes. We got the towels. We've got everything for you to take that next step of obedience in your faith. So maybe you've got a kid at home, a child in Discovery Land that's been asking some questions about being baptized. Well, we would invite you then to get that child registered for one of the Discoveryland baptism classes. Those classes are taking place during both our 9 and our 11 a.m. services next Sunday, January 28th. So if that's you, you have a child in your home that's been asking questions, go online, get registered for that class, and get ready to come back and join us and celebrate with all of heaven as those people are making their declarations of faith through baptism. Well, again, we have... A lot of things going on around here at Northwoods, and if we've got the end of the fast, we've got baptism coming up, 
That means that Valentine's Day is right around the corner. So, gentlemen, we know that restaurant reservations are already filling up, and sometimes it's difficult to figure out what do you do. Hey, we got you covered, all right? This could not be any easier. In fact, we are providing a date night in a box. So here's the beauty of that. You don't have to worry about childcare. You don't have to worry about dropping somebody off at the door, going to park the car, potential weather, dinner reservations, and all that stuff. We got this all worked out for you. We have put together an incredible date night in a box experience that you can enjoy in your home. Everything's taken care of, maybe with the exception of dinner. You're going to work that out on your own. But you know what? Cooking together in the kitchen can be rather fun as long as you clean up, guys. Okay, don't make her work in the kitchen that way, okay? But I'm telling you, this is going to be a lot of fun. You're going to enjoy it. It's an interactive box that we've put together. We've included some snacks. We've included some fun activities. And we believe that you are really going to enjoy that connection of relationship and the privacy of your home. So go online, get registered for those boxes, and reserve your box before January 31st so that we have plenty of time to put them together and you can begin picking those up on, Jan- or on February 11th. So get registered before January 31st, and we'll have those boxes ready for you. Thank you so much for your faithful and generous giving. It is your giving that fuels all of the ministry that we're able to do here at Northwoods, both locally and around the world. And so as God directs you to give this morning, you can do so in a number of ways. You can text to give, you can give online through the Northwoods mobile app, or you can leave your gift in any one of the secure boxes located throughout our campus. However God directs you to give, please know that we are thankful for your faithful giving. We recently sent a team to Vietnam to explore a partnership with Dr. Henry Vorster. And it was an exciting trip. And we are very encouraged and wanted to share some of that information with you. And so our media team sat down with Craig Smith, and we want you to direct your attention to the screens as we share this new information with you. As recently as five years ago, when Dr. Vorster would go to Vietnam, he could do public teaching and training, uh, but it wasn't, you know, without some risk and some danger. There's still risk, there's still danger. But what we noticed and what he's telling us is that we have opportunities today to actually rent spaces. We went to a park, for example, where there were several thousand people gathered for a crusade where Jesus was proclaimed. Now that had to be registered with the government. But even a few years ago, these things couldn't couldn't happen publicly in that country. And that's true in many places across the globe. I just would say the field is, is really fertile there for churches to be planted right now. Still very risky, but there are people crying out crying out for Jesus. They, they really are, there are people there who want something in their lives that makes difference, something that has meaning and purpose for their eternal, has eternal purpose for them. And so there are people, men and women, who are coming forward now with a calling on their heart to be trained to plant a church. And so 
The timing is really good right now. Dr. Vorster is a master trainer and our people can help him by going and the people are gonna come to be trained and there's a lot of room for our people to go and lay hands on and pray over these planters as they're being trained. This is gonna be the hardest work on the planet. And as these people come and say yes to that calling, they need affirmation, they need encouragement, they do need training, but uh, just the simple gesture of holding their hand and praying with them to kind of uh, activate the call in their life, you could be part of that. Good morning, church. It's great to see you on this cold Sunday. But as we just heard from our missions pastor, Craig Smith, he shared about a recent trip that uh, with uh, some of our team here, my dad, our founding pastor, one of our elders, a few others, went on a trip to Vietnam to explore a church planting partnership with CPI, which is church stands for the Church Planting Institute, which is led by Dr. Hendrik Vorster, a friend of Northwoods. And after being on the ground, and seeing what CPI does and the fruit that's being produced, we are happy to announce that Vietnam will be the next country that we are going to be opening to support church planters. And so currently we have uh, about 100 profiles of church planters in Vietnam who need support, not only prayer support, but financial support. And as has been in the past, $3,000 will help them get training and the resources they need to start and plant. And so we just wanted to share with that with you because it's exciting news. But if the Lord puts Vietnam on your heart, you can fund one of those pastors yourself. Or, as always, you can help crowdfund a planter with a gift of any size. And then we'll send you a profile with a picture of the planter, uh, a bio, the location they'll be planting, and kind of the vision that the Lord has put on their heart for the coming year. And guys, I'm excited about this because really we get to be a part of helping to spread the good news of Jesus Christ all around the globe. See, what we do here is not just about what happens here. It's also about taking the message of Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth, and we get to be part of that. And you know, this is our vision, to see every chair a church, every chair represent a church. If you're new with us, that's why you'll see the gold placards on the back of the seats. Those, those are the, the names of pastors and churches that have already been planted. And so this is our vision, to see every chair represent a church by 2030, and we're well on our way. And so if the Lord puts that on your heart, if you want more information about that, you can go to northwoods.church slash every chair. So uh, again, it's great to be together here we are two weeks into the fast, one week left. And if you're wondering how I'm doing after last night, I want to let you know I'm good, all right? I'm good. The Packers lost. It's all good. I was actually more concerned for my daughter when she woke up this morning because I knew her heart would be broken. But we're, we got a bright future and, and we're looking ahead. But again, one week left in the fast. And sometimes I get the question, sometimes, why do we do this every year? I get this question from people, and, and part of the reason we do this is because it is a way, a tangible way, that we give the Lord the first fruits of our year. Just as we give a tithe of our money back to the Lord, so we give, uh, we give the first of our year back to the Lord. And the Bible is clear. If the first is blessed, 
so is the rest. And so as we go into this last week, last week of the fast, I wanna encourage you, finish strong. It's not about how you start, it's how you, it's not about how you start, it's how you, all right, so let's finish this thing strong together. And if you, hey, listen, if you've fallen off the wagon, hop back on and let's be faithful to finish this thing together. During this fast, we've been walking through Psalm 23, phrase by phrase, verse by verse, and during the week, we've been utilizing our refocus plan, which you can find in the Bible app. There's actually a small army following along there. We have almost 7,000 people who have subscribed to that plan. And today, we're going to pick up where we left off on Saturday with a portion of verse 5, which says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Now, some scholars relate this passage to the shepherd. It's the idea that as the shepherd leads his sheep to what we might call table lands, he, he goes around and before, he doesn't just turn them loose. He expects the area that he's going to be taking them to. Is there any weeds, plants that might be harmful? Are there snakes, anything, you know, predators? And he kind of prepares the table for his sheep. It speaks about his, his protection and him, him providing and caring for his sheep. And so in a sense, the Lord our shepherd does the same for us as he leads us and protects us. But other scholars see the picture here in Psalms, in, in Psalm 23, they see the picture shifting from the Lord who is our shepherd now to the Lord who is our host. You prepare a table before me in the presence of of my enemies. You know, during the month of November and December, one of the things my kids really enjoyed was getting the special Christmas dishes out and preparing the table for a formal meal. Like they wanted to have a nice special meal and they want to get everything out. So they'll go to the, you know, there's a bunch of uh, fine china and dishes and things like this that Michaela's been, had been kind of handed down to her over the years. So they'll go get out the place settings, they get the plates. They get the, the, the Christmas cups. They get the Christmas tea cups, the little plate underneath it. They want to get napkins and roll them up and put the little Christmas tree rings around them. I mean, they, they get the Christmas picture out. I mean, they want to prepare the table. They enjoyed preparing the table in an elaborate and ornate way so we could sit down and enjoy a special meal together. And I'll tell you right now, I was all in for it because I'm like, hey, you want to prepare the table, you go ahead We'll eat good. In fact, this year, I fried, just in the month of November and December, I fried four turkeys. Now, I fried one before Thanksgiving, one on Thanksgiving. Then I was like, you know what? This oil is still good. We're just going to keep going. You want to set the table? I'll fry up a turkey, and we'll have a good meal. And I enjoyed it. And as I'm talking about turkey, it sounds really good right now. Um, I might just have some of that next week. But the table would be prepared. So they, you know, they, they set the table up. We put the, you know, bring the turkey in. We got, all, we got all, you know, all the side dishes and we go and sit down. The table is prepared. We sit down for a meal together. And I'm guessing that you did something similar or have done something similar with family and friends in the past. And kind of in that, in the same vein, a similar fashion, this passage in Psalms, in Psalm 23, says the Lord does this for us, he prepares a table 
and then he invites us to come. Prepares a table, prepares a feast, and then he invites each of us to come. Now, question, what does he invite us to? What is he inviting us into at the table? Well, I want to talk about three invitations that the Lord gives us, kind of as he, as he invites us to come this morning. And we see this in this verse. Here, here's the first invitation he gives us. It's come and fellowship with me. Come and fellowship with me. You know, during my first semester of college, my wife, Michaela, who she's now my wife, she wasn't my wife at that time, she was actually dating some bum from her hometown. <laughs> and, uh, but when she came back for the second semester, they had broken up. And so she was, really, she was really down, sad. I was really excited because I knew this is, this is my opportunity. I mean, I, I knew her. We both played on the, she was on the, girl, uh, the women's basketball team. I was on the men's basketball team. And small college, you often, you, you travel together to colleges. And so I, I knew Michaela. We had, we had talked. We kind of knew each other. And so I was excited. So one day I worked up the courage to ask her out over AOL Instant Messenger. Now, anybody ever remember AOL Instant Messenger? Okay, all right, some of you have, you have used this. Now, for the, listen, this was kind of like the primary mode of communication before texting. And for those of you who are uh, much younger and don't know what AOL Instant Messenger is, listen, I'm not, I'm not ancient. I could have texted at the time. Just at that time, every time I text someone, it was like 10 cents. And at this point, I didn't have Michaela's number. So I'm, I'm using what I have available. So... I hop on AOL one night, and there, and there she is, M Still 30. That was her username. This is my chance. So I struck up a convo and then eventually asked her if I could take her out to dinner. And, you know, we're going to do some fellowship, and this is what they call it in the South. So I asked her out, and, you know, I like to think, of course, she jumped at the idea of going out to dinner with the big man on campus. Obviously, she's going to say yes. But unbeknownst to me, so I ask her out, she says, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. But unbeknownst to me, I go to pick her up on the day of this date, and she invited like 10 of her friends to join her. And I guess she didn't want it to be just us. So we all went out and got a table at a local restaurant. I was thinking a table for two. It ended up being a much larger table because of all of her friends, but a table nonetheless. And here is the point. Often, when we want to spend time with someone else, whether it be a, a special someone, a family member, a friend, where do we often do that? We do it around a table. We gather around the table. See, tables are often representative of fellowship. We come to the table not just to eat, but to be with one another. The table is where conversation and relationships happen. We know this. And so when the Lord prepares a table, I think it's the idea of, it's, it's speaking of him inviting us into relationship and fellowship with him. And I really see it, I picture it as, this, this is just me, but I picture it as a, it's a table for two. See, fellowship in the Bible ex- speaks of personal experience and engagement. He's saying, when he says, I, the Lord prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies, it's, I believe it's the, it's the Lord saying, I'm, I'm inviting you to come. Come and sit with me. Let's fellowship. Let's talk. 
Talk to me about what's going on in your life. Let's, let's commune together. He desires to do that with you. Come to the table and fellowship with me. You know, one of the verses that has been on my heart during this fast comes out of Mark chapter 6, where Jesus said to his disciples, I love this, he said, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. As I was reading that during the fast, it was like the Lord just highlighted this passage and said, you know what? The same invitation that I gave to my disciples, I offer to you every day. Come with me by yourself to a quiet place and get some rest. Rest for your soul, the rest your soul desires. So here's a question that kind of pertains to what we're talking about here. Where's your quiet place? Where's the quiet place that you go and fellowship and meet with the Lord? Could be a table, could be a chair, could be a closet, prayer room, your car, the woods, whatever. Where's the place where you go spend time with the Lord, soaking up his word, feeding on his word, spending time in prayer, worshiping him? Where's your quiet place? You know, some of you, some of us have started this discipline during the fast. And I want to challenge you, don't let the discipline of coming to the table and sitting down with the Lord and fellowshipping with him, don't let that go by the wayside when this 21 days is up. Keep responding to his invitation every day. And as you do, it's as if you're coming to the table and sitting down and fellowshipping with the Lord. So he invites us to come and fellowship with him. He desires that with you. You have a place at his table. Come and fellowship with me. Here's the second invitation that he gives us. So he says, come and fellowship with me. Second invitation is this, come and be strengthened by me. Come and be strengthened by me. You know, when we talk about sitting down at a table that's been prepared, meal, I want you to think about what meals provide us. Provide us sustenance, energy, strength. You know, we never realize this more, probably never more aware of this than when we're fasting. Remember the first time that I ever fasted, I I just went all in and I had planned to go several days and I'm like, I'm drinking water only. Now, I don't recommend that if it's your very first time. It's kind of like, hey, crawl before before you walk. So I made it through the first day feeling terrible. I went to sleep that night, and I kid you not, I had dreams about cheeseburgers. (laughs) The next morning, I woke up, and I basically said, the Lord ain't called me to this. I'm done. And so I remember, I don't know why, but Smoothie King sounded really good to me. So I, I drove to a Smoothie King, and as I took the first sip of that smoothie, it was like Jesus brought me back from the dead. It was just like, I was just like, oh my goodness, 
holy cow, I, I, I felt my body come back to life. I felt my energy. What is this strength come roaring back? And, and in that moment, again, I just became aware, man, food gives us strength and energy. I just experienced that in a new way. Now, again, I want to apologize for those of you who are fasting for food, from food because I keep talking about it today. And I know for some of you, I'm making it harder. But listen, we know this. When we sit around the table, we not only fellowship with others, but we are strengthened and energized by what has been prepared. And I love how other translations word this passage in Psalm 23. The New Living Translation says, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. The Good News Translation says, you prepare a banquet for me. See, when the Lord prepares a table, it's a feast. There's, there's a banquet. And he's saying, come and sit with me. Come fellowship with me, but also come and be strengthened by me. And you know what? During this fast, as you cultivate the habit of coming to the table and responding to his invitation every day, the Lord is strengthening you whether you realize it or not. He's strengthening you. You say, how so? Well, one of the ways I found is he's working with you to strengthen the muscle in you that we might call and others have labeled the no muscle. The no muscle. One author put it this way. The hardest working muscle in the body is the heart pumping 2,500 gallons of blood through 60,000 miles of veins, arteries, and capillaries every single day. The largest muscle is the gluteus maximus. The strongest muscle is, I think they call it the masseter muscle in your jaw, which can exert 200 pounds of force on your molars. He said those muscles exert power, giving the strength to do what needs to be done. But only one muscle gives you the strength not to do what shouldn't be done. That's called the no muscle. So the the no muscle is the muscle you flex when you stop at one Oreo. The no muscle is the muscle you flex when you say no to food. See, listen, if you can say no to food, I've just found you can say no to just about anything else. In fact, I'll tell you, there have been many years where I have come out of fasts with a new strength to say no to things that I wasn't able to say no to before. No to temptation. You know, no to, no to just being in the phone zone all the time whenever I'm around my, my family. I was able to say no. It's like the Lord brought a new measure of self-control to my life. So he gives us strength in this way, but he also gives us strength to speak the truth when it might be painful. Strength to express convictions when they're challenged. Strength to confront obstacles head on when Progress will come no other way. Strength to take the high road when others treat us badly. Strength to keep walking when life throws its worst at us. You know, just this past week, I sat with a family who was walking to the loss of their 25-year-old son who was tragically killed in an accident on the day after Christmas. Just terrible. And I sat with them and 
as, as they shared how in the last several months they've been walking through job loss, some family struggles, along with a few other things. And I said, I didn't think we could handle much more. And then this happens to their son. I want to ask you, where do you find the strength? Where do people find the strength to keep walking? When life throws its worst at you and then the kitchen sink gets thrown in too. Where do you find the strength? I can just tell you, over the years, if I've sat with people walking through terrible situations, the ones who are able to make it through, keep walking, are the ones who lean into the Lord as their strength. He upholds them as they walk through. And the Lord invites us to receive his strength afresh every day. This is what he does. A couple of passages. Second Chronicles 16.9. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to what? Strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. Isaiah 41.10. Famous passage. So do not fear for I'm with you. Do not be dismayed for I'm your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I'll uphold you with my righteous right hand. We go back to chapter in Isaiah. Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength, receive fresh strength. They'll soar on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. See, the Lord invites us. This is what the Lord does. He, he wants to strengthen us. And he invites us to come to him daily and receive fresh strength. Fresh strength for the journey ahead. Do you, need, do you need strength today? Come to the table. He invites you. Come and fellowship with me. Come and be strengthened by me. And then here's the third invitation. Come and triumph with me. Come and triumph with me. Look back at the passage one more time, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So I've always kind of thought, like, this has got to be a misprint. That can't be right. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So the Lord invites us to the table, but guess who else is coming to dinner? Your enemies. Now, it struck me as I was preparing for this, I was recently, I was walking through one of the card aisles at a store, like, you know, Hallmark cards. And I was struck by how many occasions and recipients for cards there are. I mean, you've got anniversary, happy birthday, wedding, thinking of you, thanks, graduation, Mom, dad, brother, sister, aunt, uncle, grandma, grandpa, stepson, stepdaughter. Step I mean, you got every occasion and every recipient. But you want to know the one recipient I've never seen in the card aisle? I've never seen the card for your enemies. 
Just go look sometime. I, you just you don't, usually don't find it. I've never seen the hallmark for your haters line in the store. I've just never seen it. And I did go in, online and look like, is there such a thing? There are cards that they can make special for you, like on like spoof sites. I saw one that was like, what's the, what's the difference between you and coffee? And I was like, what is that? It said, well, people like coffee. I was like, wow. I almost texted it to my sister just as a joke. She knows I love her. <laughs> but listen, there, there's a reason we don't see cards for our enemies. Not only do we like, we don't like people we consider our enemies, but you're not inviting them to anything. But here it says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And for years, I thought, like, did I, did someone mess up, like, my Bible didn't get printed right? Because if I was writing this, I might have just said, you prepare a table before me in your presence. I mean, that sounds a lot better. But it says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So a couple of questions. Who are the enemies he's inviting, and why is he inviting them? Who are the enemies? Well, I think in one sense, we can talk about enemies as the adversities of life. Bad health diagnosis loss of a loved one, financial difficulty and uncertainty, you know, the anxieties and difficulties of life. It's like the Lord prepares a table in the midst of them and invites us to come and not only know his peace, but triumph in the midst, in the middle of adversity. Reminds me of the Apostle Paul. I was literally just reading this this morning and so I don't know if they'll have this on the screen because I gave it to our media team right before I came up here. But in Acts 27 and verse 14, it says this. That, so let me give you a little context. Look at that. They got it up there. Can you give it up for our media team? Listen, usually the media team, like th their goal is to not be noticed. If they've done their job well, you won't even notice it. Media team, usually they get noticed when they do something wrong. So the only time they ever hear anything is if they're doing something wrong. So we just got to give it up for them when they, when they do things right, too, because they do a great job. And our media team is we have staff with as many volunteers on there who, who do a great job, and they support me very well on Sundays. So I appreciate you guys. So Acts 27, the Apostle Paul is sailing to Rome. He's taken as a prisoner. You know, he's, he's the Roman centurion is taking him along with some others. And they come up against a storm. And in 2714, it says, Before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. Then if you skip ahead to verse 27, it says, On the 14th night, we were still being driven across the Adriatic Sea. So they're in the middle of the Northeaster. Winds of hurricane force. And I want you to look at what it says if you jump down to verse 33. Just before dawn, Paul ur urged them all to eat. For the last 14 days, he says, you have been in constant suspense and have gone without food. You haven't eaten anything. Well, that makes sense. If you're in the middle of a hurricane and you're fighting for your life, you're not going to sit down, you know, prepare a table and just kind of sit down and say, let's just, let's sit down and have a nice meal. 
in the midst of this hurricane. Let's oh, just forget about the hurricane. Let's just enjoy this. No, they're freaking out. They haven't eaten anything for two weeks. This is almost like fasting. And then it says in verse 34, Paul says this, now I urge you to take some food. You need, you need it to survive. And I'll just tell you right now, we talk about coming to the table. You need to come to the table if you're going to survive. And then he says, not one of you will lose a single hair from his head. And in verse 35, he says, after he said this, he took some bread, gave thanks to God in front of them all. Then he broke it and began to eat. So I want you to just picture this. This is kind of funny. They're in the middle of the northeaster, hurricane winds. The ship is rocking back and forth. We don't know if we're going to live. And Paul says, hey, come here. Come here. You guys need to eat. Take some bread. Let's break bread, guys. Break some bread and says, Lord, thank you for this meal. Guys, let's sit down and eat. In the midst of a hurricane, just picture that. Sit down and eat. And then it says they all, then he broke and began to eat. They were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. So here they are sitting down for a meal in the midst of chaos. And I think this is, this is the picture. When we think of enemies, the adversities of life, Jesus is saying, you come to the table with me and you can sit down and you can enjoy my peace and you can triumph in the middle of adversity. You don't have to be you know, freaking out, going crazy about what's going on around. No, come on, sit down, let's break bread, and let's sit down for a meal together. So how, did, how, did, you know, how does that happen, John? Well, part of it is you place your focus on who's in front of you at the table, Jesus, not looking around at, oh my goodness, what is going on around me? What's happening in our country? Oh my goodness, oh, look at my life. Nope. I'm going to sit down at the table. I'm not going to look at the rest of the world right now. I'm going to unplug from the world, disconnect from the world. I'm sitting on the table with you, Jesus. In that place, that's where you find peace. So I think in one sense we could say that enemies represent the adversities of life. But when we think of enemies, we also tend to think of people. The parent who abused you. The never-ending negative boss who never has anything encouraging to say. The bully who labeled you and called you names. You know, the ex who broke your heart. Packer fan on stage who always takes jabs at Bear fans. Sometimes we might feel that way, that people are our enemies. But the Bible makes the case that people are not our enemies. One scripture that we reference often Ephesians 6.12, I love how the New Living Translation says it, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. And so our enemies are the forces of darkness. Sure, there might be people who are inspired or energized by the enemy to come against us, hurt us, shut us up, whatever, but you understand people are not our enemy. The real enemy is the evil rulers and authorities in the supernatural realm, de demonic foes. And so while I believe he says, when the, when the passage says, 
You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. We could talk about the adversities of life. We could also talk about the fact that he prepares a table in the midst of demonic foes, evil forces in the supernatural. So here's the question. Why are they invited, though? Well, again, is it to show us we can have peace even when there's darkness and enemies surrounding us? I think that's part of it. But I think there's a sense in which it pictures, pictures a celebration of victory and triumph while our enemies watch. One scholar had this to say about this passage, and I agree. He said, since the enemy is never taken lightly in Scripture, this anticipates a victory celebration where the enemies are present as captives. So, for example, the Super Bowl is coming up in a few weeks. This is kind of how I think about it. At the end of the Super Bowl, there will be one team who is hoisting the trophy and putting on the championship gear and celebrating. You know, there's confetti flying. They're celebrating. While the losing team will be on the sideline watching them celebrate the victory. And you've seen it. Sometimes they'll pan the camera to the losing team. There's people in tears on the sideline watching the winning team celebrate and enjoy the victory. And I believe this is, this is the picture of what happens when you belong to the Lord. See, Jesus at the cross has already defeated the forces of darkness. Colossians 2.15 says, And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. So Jesus triumphed over them by the cross. He won the victory. He raised the trophy in front of his enemies. And when he prepares a table, he invites us to come and celebrate the victory with him, but also lay hold of the victory he has accomplished for us. And so he brings victory to our lives over sin, over shame, over addiction, temptation, fear, and guilt. And as we come and lay hold of the victory he's accomplished for us, we become more than conquerors in all things. And he takes our life, the Bible says, from glory to glory. He makes us increasingly more like him. And so as this is happening, the Lord invites the enemy to come and watch Come and watch what's happening with my children. As you came to harm them, but look at what's happening. Their life is still going from glory to glory. What you meant for evil, look what I brought for good in their life. Come and watch. It's a victory celebration. And they're made to watch. Why don't you just thank him right now? Lord, thank you for the victory that you have purchased and for the victory that you bring to our life, Lord. Thank you that you cause us to triumph. This invitation exists every day of your life. He has prepared a table. He invites us to come in fellowship, to come and be strengthened, and to come and triumph. So once you get the picture, the table is prepared. The feast is prepared. The banquet is prepared. But here's a very important question. And it's one I've been asking myself during this fast, and I believe it's one we all need to ask ourselves. 
feast is prepared, but here's the question. How hungry am I? How hungry am I? How hungry am I for greater depth of relationship with Jesus? Am I just kind of good where I'm at? Kind of hungry? Or am I starving? Am I hungering and thirsting? This past week, I was up in the prayer tower during one of our times of worship and prayer. And if you haven't been, I would strongly encourage you to uh, pick out a time this week and go. You can find it on our website. But as I was reading in the book of John, I was reading the story where Jesus feeds the 5,000. And Jesus was distributing bread, and it says this, Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated. And this phrase caught my attention, as much as they wanted. Much as they wanted. So it gives them as much as they want. It's like all you can eat breadsticks at Olive Garden. It just, just keeps coming. Much as you want. So they get actual physical bread. And in the same chapter, if you skip ahead to verse 35, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. I'm the bread of life. So ultimately he's saying physical bread will satisfy your stomach. But when you come to me, I'll satisfy your soul. I'll give you everything you need. Forgiveness, freedom, deliverance, peace, joy. But I think there's another sense in when Jesus is saying, just like I gave you as much as you wanted of physical bread, you can have as much as you want when it comes to relationship with me. So I ask again, how hungry are you? And so as we reflect on this question, I'm going to invite the band to come out now. And they're going to play a song called Psalm 23. It's a very reflective song. It's a song that I've listened to often during this fast. And as they come and play, what I want each of us to do is to use this moment as a moment of reflection And just assess, how hungry am I for the things of God? How hungry am I for Jesus? And then as you begin to assess where you're at, just cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, if if that's your desire, say, Lord, would you increase my hunger for you? Would you increase my hunger for you. So let's reflect for a moment. The Lord is my shepherd, there's nothing I need. You lead me to the safest places. You lead me to the safest places. To walk in the meadow and lie by the stream. You meet me in the quiet places. You meet me in the quiet places. Your goodness and your mercy will follow me. 
All the days of my life All the days of my life And I'll dwell in your house for eternity I'll be there by your side I'll be there by your side You will walk through the valley The shadow of death I don't have to fear no evil For I know that you are with me With oil of blessing You cover my head you fill me to overflowing My cup is overflowing Your goodness and your mercy Will follow me All the days of my life All the days of my life And I dwell in your house for eternity I'll be there close, I want to invite you just if you if you feel comfortable, just in a posture of saying, Lord, I desire more 
to increase my hunger. I want you to just, if, again, if you feel comfortable, just reach your hands towards heaven as a tangible way of saying, Lord, I'm asking for more. Lord, we're asking for more, more of you. Lord, I pray that you would increase our hunger for the things of God, for you, Jesus. Would you increase our hunger? Lord, I pray that you would, that you would remove the shine and the luster from the things of this world, Lord. I pray that the things of this world that maybe we have been hungering after, I pray those would be broken off in this moment, Lord. I pray that it would be, uh, it would be repulsive to us. And I pray you would increase our hunger for you, Jesus Christ. Would you do that, Lord? And I pray as we lean into you in this last week of the fast, Lord, I pray it would be a sweet time. I pray you would do mighty things in our life. And I pray you would give us only an appetite and a hunger for you. Lord, you said that blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Thank you, Lord, that there's blessing. Our lives are blessed when we hunger for you. And so I pray you pour out your blessing on each and every one of your people today. And it's in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus we pray and all God's people said, amen. Give the Lord thanks for what he's done today. Amen. Church, again, I love you guys. It's been so good to be together. If you need prayer for anything, hey, you're here and you say, Lord, that, that's me today. I need, would you increase my hunger? Lord, you come down. We would love to pray with you about that. We'll have a prayer team available. Same thing for those of you joining somewhere else. Hope you have a great day. Be safe. And we'll look forward to seeing you back next Sunday.